0: Welcome to episode 233 of the Monoderma Podcast with Mike and Mike, and this episode is sponsored by Dream, and any of you listening are in the UK. Dream is sending over their artist, Scott Pellegrom, for a clinic tour, so that starts on March 19th if you're in Manchester. Uh, Scott will be at Johnny Roadhouse Music on March 23rd. He'll be in Bournemouth at Absolute Music on the 24th. He'll be at Hobgoblin Music in canterbury the 25th he'll be in colchester at sound attack the 26th he'll be in washington at drum shop uk and then on the 28th he is headlining the galloway drum show so again if you're in the uk you want to check out uh, scott pelagram's clinics go to dreams facebook page they have a flyer there with all the details as far as time and address and all that again that's dream symbols facebook page check out the scott pelagram 2020 uk tour if you go to one of his clinics, make sure you say what's up. Scott's one of the nicest, sweetest drummers, people on the planet, and let him know that uh, you heard about it here. And that's it. Let's get the show going.
1: <laughs> Pointing at me. Oh, buddy. I'm going to tell you right off the bat. Our educational segment today changed the way I see what I think is dry, what I think is washy. It changed a lot, because when you play it, you have an experience. When you go back into a control room and listen to it, it's a very different experience. And i think we need to get right into that segment by the way how are you you good (laughs) who cares let's talk about ride symbols (laughs) okay so getting right into what i think is i always say that the gear review is the candy the educational segment segment is my candy i love this stuff but i was blown away by what i thought was something you know what i mean by like oh well this this symbol says the word dry on it it's clearly dry so should we explain what what the hell we're talking about no, <laughs> keep the train a moving. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to episode two. We are talking about ride symbols and going from dry to washi. And what does that mean on a level where you're trying to explain it to someone else? But also, what does it mean just to your ears? And what I realized is that there's a lot of things like this in the music world, and in the art world. But one adjective like dry Mm. To make a symbol dry, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is it affects a lot of other things that I didn't really think about. So you don't get dry without also changing pitch Mm. and darkness and brightness and all that stuff. It's like you don't just get dry. It's like, well, to make it dry, you also lost all of this. Or I was shocked that dry also meant bright. There's so much attack Mm. in a dry symbol. Hmm yeah there's articulation in a dry symbol and then in a washi symbol i started going really fast and it went and there was no articulation (laughs) so and i think i knew all this stuff intrinsically but listening to it back i was surprised i was also surprised how if you give your ear about 15 seconds every one of them turned into a ride symbol if you wait long enough you know what i mean like with having no comparison no reference yeah exactly if I if I just put on something I said this is the washiest ride symbol in the history of ride symbols, 15 seconds later it's like it sounds like a ride symbol.
0: you know I was, I'm, I'm been, used to the washiness I've been for, for whatever reason re-examining Brian Blade's playing uh, just something mm-hmm. popped up on YouTube and I just went down a deep rabbit hole I, I think f- you mentioned that last week yeah, yeah I forgot that he all those early classic records he made with Joshua Redman he was using a 24 inch A Zildjian we also kind of think of him as being this definitive old Jazz K sound. But it's yeah. a 24-inch old A, which is similar to what they're now producing as the Avidus line. Crazy. Do you know how much touch you have to have to
1: make it sound the way he made it sound on those Joshua Redman yeah. albums? Yeah, that's like a, a John Bonham-type cymbal, and he's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, touch. Touch is, is a crazy thing. Oh, yeah. uh, and I, I equate great ride cymbals two great microphones just because you spent more it's not going to be better for you unless you can use it quite the opposite i would think it's completely the opposite yeah uh if somebody said hey i've been playing for about a year i have a chance to get this 60s k or this brand new ping ride i'd be like ping ride you know what every time you hit it it'll go ping you get that 60s k you better get some touch buddy oh what are you using 2b nylons good luck get in on it have fun all right well let's give you guys some audio so we can you can hear what's going on now obviously all i have here is minor symbols but we are trying to make this just an audio example of dry to not so dry to washy it This would hold the same for any cymbal company. I will tell you the model numbers just so you know what you're listening to, but really, that's not what this is about at all. And I also wanted to show you, when we get to the washiest cymbal, then I eventually gaff tape that cymbal to show you that you can take sound out of a cymbal, but you can't really put sound back into a cymbal. So the driest cymbal I own here, and maybe you have some reference for this in other companies, but the driest cymbal I have here is the 22-inch Vintage Pure Ride. Okay, so that
0: is unlathed? both sides both sides lot no of hammering, polish or is it no no like it's very minimal
1: processing it is yeah it plate. is a symbol blank <laughs> it's a symbol blank with a bell uh, and some some bow to it so i mean it has been shaped but no um, extreme hammering whatsoever all right this is a 22 right 22 vintage pure rad
0: So it's not completely dead. I mean, there's some life
1: to it. No. That. And I do have, I mean, you know my miking setup. I have a, a microphone maybe th- three feet above it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's capturing you know? some
1: of the hum that really, if you go 10 feet away, it's, it's pretty much gone. Yeah, if, and if I was going close mic and then seasoning to taste with overheads, it would just be that articulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I noticed while playing it was that when you have a dry ride... You're not going to get a lot of crashability out of it. When yeah. I would hit the edges, it, but it does, I think we all know, once you've played for a while, when you hit the edge and kind of lightly crash on a thicker ride cymbal, and a drier ride cymbal, there is a sound. I mean, it's not like it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just does this thing um, that can be really cool as a different accent. Yeah, and did it
0: make you feel
1: naked is a weird word but like no there's... man i was literally gonna say that word and i was like don't say naked because that's weird <laughs> but yeah exactly um especially in that playing style that i used there yeah you know if i was just playing maybe like gravity by john mayer maybe a little bit different but playing in that ding check a ding ding check a ding ding check a ding like it was my snare that felt exposed yeah that's yeah what i noticed with with dry cymbals
0: is it brings out the drums So for recording, it's Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to go drier a lot of times if I want like fatter, darker drum sounds. Um, So yeah, and it's also I think that that's recorded really, really nicely. That would cut through a mix without being overly aggressive, I think.
1: And I will say this: I recorded it once and then had listened to it, and I had to go back and record it again lighter. Mm. Um, I was playing into it too much because I'm used to playing a cymbal that's much washier and much thinner. Uh, usually in the position so this is by the way for everybody that knows what my drum set looks like every one of these symbols was on my left above my rack tom Mm. where my 22 inch ride normally goes so this wasn't in ride symbol position but that kind of splits this triangle between my then where that ride is my hi-hats my bass drum my snare drum it's all off to my left and i angled the microphone that way okay so um so and it's angled down at me so that i can play on top of it but anyways i'm used to having that 22 inch big apple dark right there which is a thin mm. washier ride and you can get away with not playing so light and it just it never explodes on you this thing was like so sharp and so much attack so i would say mm. if i was trying to get a lot of attack through and articulation great symbol for that all right so what's the uh, next one so the next one this is where things got weird for me that one did exactly what i thought it was going to do Then I went to, and maybe you can give me a Zildjian equivalent here or a Sabian equivalent or Piste, but I went to the 22-inch medium ride, uh, the the Byzance traditional medium ride. Mm -hmm. So this is, I don't know what that is in other companies, but it's like... a K22, like a regular K22 or something. Or a uh, a Piste, maybe not a traditional. Yeah, traditional medium ride. So, I mean, this is they could just stamp ride symbol on it that's Mm -hmm. what this is now i thought because of all the lathing oh this is going to be way washier it was different what it was was it still had really defined articulation but the pitch seemed to go up for me like more high frequencies Mm. Uh, i was able to crash on it a little bit you can hear like but it wasn't washy by any means so let's give that a listen So what I found with that symbol is it's willing to override. Mm-hmm. It kept going and going. and I had to like tell myself, oh, we're getting there. Calm that thing down. Bring bring your volume down again because it was building and building and building as I got busier. Mm-hmm. It was a very different experience than the Vintage Pure ride. That one to me sounds like everyday studio ride for yeah. any kind
0: of session that comes in. You can get away with it. You could swing a big band. You could kick a rock band.
1: Kind of yeah. the general use ride symbol. And it would definitely be more controllable if it was a twenty, but it is. I just wanted to use a twenty-two for this example. Um, but yeah, the, so it was uh, a little bit. I wonder if the lathing is what opens it up. I should ask uh, Nick or someone. That's at least when we built the transition ride. That's what we did because we started the transition ride with the twenty-inch extra dry ride, mm-hmm. and I said, "Can you just make this crashier?" And they said, "Well, we could lathe the bottom of it, and that'll help." Um, okay. They did lathe it like a crash on the only on the bottom, and they they actually turned it into a crash symbol. So I have that here as one of Mm. the prototypes Interesting. and I was like, not that crashy. And then they made the lathing way finer, like crazy fine. And that's what ended up being the transition ride. So Uh I think the lathing allows those sound waves to kind of vibrate out a little bit. Loosens it Um, a little bit. Yeah. So Hmm. we have that. Then I went to the washiest symbol that I own that is categorized as a ride. And this is a 20 inch jazz medium thin ride. Now, For those of you out there that aren't really into the terms, medium-thin is hella-thin when you put the word jazz in front of it. So jazz, medium-thin, it should just be called the Byzance hella-thin ride. I hate the the word medium. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. How do you tune your snare drum
0: medium? Really? Is it medium?
1: (laughs) Is it really medium? (laughs) Uh, All right, so this is a 20-inch Byzance jazz, medium-thin ride. Let's give it a listen.
0: So, yeah, my ears have completely forgotten what a ride cymbal sounds like. They all sound the same to me.
1: <laughs> That's kind of what I was saying. That's kind of what I was saying. Now, one thing that I noticed with this one, recording it, is when you when I have those first like whole notes in the beginning, I'm like, it's not that washy. When you start getting going, mm. it's the opposite of feeling naked. It starts covering things up. The washiness shows up the more you play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could totally let... I mean, I could play a modern rock chorus on the side of this thing no problem you mm-hmm. get away with it um i didn't hear i mean it sounded to me like the the 22 traditional and this were
0: kind of of the same family even though they're in different series because i went yeah, back man, and I, forth and it was like it's just a
1: different pitch maybe a little bit more heavier sound but not same exact not metal pitch. um just a different lathing process and I think when they got to this thinner point, I mean this ride symbol, this is an old ride symbol. I honestly don't even know if they make it anymore, but this ride symbol is what triggered the crash that I always have on my right that I call thunder butter. So, mm. um, Oh man, Ben Caesar. Yep. Country drummer. So Ben Caesar was playing for Minel. Minel noticed that he was using the jazz thin, cra- thin ride. This one, the medium thin ride on his right. And they were like, are you Just using that as a crash he's like, yeah, I don't care what you stamp on. it. It's one of the best crashes you make. (laughs) And they're like, would you like it to be crashier? Because we could do that. And then they ended up making the 20 inch extra thin hammered crash for him. Uh, So this this a lot of minor guys were using this ride as their crash. And so you can lay into the side of it. Now, that's the washiest ride I own. As you can hear, even with a washy ride, it's still a ride. We haven't crossed over into. Oh, yeah, that's a crash that you're riding on just like Mike said, like they all kind of sound like rides. Yeah. And that's what I said at the beginning, right? Like when you listen to it by the end of this clip, it sounds like a ride symbol.
0: Yeah. I mean, I couldn't even tell if you said which one had the highest pitch, I'd be shooting in the dark.
1: Right. <laughs> no so what I did with this one is I just took two probably foot long strips of gaff, put it on the bottom. Oh wow. Uh, on okay, both sides of the bell. That's severe and, gaffing. Yeah. So this is me taking it to the next level. Cause you can always take, more tape off if you want more but this is how dry you could make the washiest ride you own so this is the same exact ride you just heard but with gaff tape on it
0: is the joey baron secret that's how his he gets his symbol sound it doesn't matter what it is any symbol you put enough tape on it you're gonna
1: sound like joey baron after all <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome that is something that uh i think i learned about that while gaffing my drums And then using my little, you know, you make like 10 little strips and it's like, I'll just stick them on my ride to hold them until I get them on my drum. And then like somebody walks by with a stick, hits it, and you're like, wait a minute, (laughs) that is amazing. Um, Yeah, you do that to crashes, hi-hats and everything, and you get this kind of toy sounding kit that's very unique. How did that make you feel playing it though? Like a toy? It's kind Um, of weird, right? It's
0: almost like you've got one of those sound off pads on your cymbal or something.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean... uh, I, and I think that I would play if, if my kid actually had that on it and then I had like some tea towels on my drums or something, but my drums were cranked up. I mean, I, mm. I might play kind of tongue in cheek, you know, mm. ding, ca, ca, ding, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I just wanted to show you that sometimes if you only have the option to get one symbol, Sometimes it's, it's good to go a little bit washier than you think you need because you can always take sound out of it. I mean, I, that was an extreme case, but you can always just put a little bit of gaff tape or a gel yeah, on top if true. you want, or yeah, a rock whatever ride is a rock ride. You're not going to, yeah, although you, you can't tape up
0: a rock ride. You're going to sound like Joey Barron,
1: <laughs> right? But you, if the producer says, do you have a washier ride? You can't. Unless you have a lathing machine on hand, you can't put washiness into that 22 inches Zildjian Mega Bell ride. Yeah, you, it it ride is what it is. Ride. Man, do you remember? I mean, you. this is one of your favorite drummers. But at some point, we have to do a whole entire episode on 1996 mm. Jack Dejeanette. Because oh, yeah. it's 2020 yeah. all over again. Like, the dude yeah. had this stuff figured out. Do you remember those dark, ugly yeah. rides? Everyone, and everyone was like, them, and, everyone <laughs> and everyone yeah. didn't know was like, Sabian's going down. <laughs> Sabian's going under. <laughs> and now it's like, uh, Sabian, can you re-release those and call them the big and ugly? Because <laughs> yeah, Jack yeah. had it figured out. He did.
0: I mean, all those Keith Jarrett records from the 80s and 90s, yeah. it's, it's that sound. It's like your taped up sound, but they made it like in the symbol. <laughs> but I remember yeah. everyone was like, man, I got the new Jack ride. And, and you're like, Oh yeah. What do you think? I hate it. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. It's well, it's like, did were you able to get Jack's talent? His touch, his feel? Yeah. Do you Walk. play the gigs he plays? No. Yeah. No, I'm in, I'm in a Deftones cover band. It's like, well, <laughs> might not work for you, but oh, uh, amazing. good stuff. All right. So should we do all four at once? Yeah. Let's just listen to him. So just to give you guys a recap, this is the, the 22 inch Byzance. Vintage Pure Ride, followed by the 22-inch Byzance Traditional Medium Ride, followed by the 20-inch Byzance Jazz Medium Thin Ride, and then the Jazz Medium Thin Ride with Gaff Tape.
0: I can honestly say the first three, I didn't know the difference. It wasn't until you got to that medium thin twenty that I'm like, oh, that's a totally different sound. The other, the other, yeah, th- yeah, yeah. two, the other two, the other yeah, yeah, the first two, yeah. yeah, the third one was like, okay, now it's different. The first two, it could have been like the same symbol just with the mic twisted a different direction or something.
1: Yeah, well, especially when you hear those first two whole notes, if you skip right to like the middle of it, you might hear a little bit of difference, but not so much that you couldn't fix it in the mix or yeah. adjust your playing um but yeah it's 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 kind of crazy i mean and you and i've done this before with other tests where and here's five of my favorite snare drums and then <laughs> it's like they Crack. sound like snare Crack. drums dude get a Crack. yeah get a decent what are they they are they noise boxes They're noise box. <laughs> <laughs> you get a decent drum decent kit a, a decent set of cymbals and you know i it's funny i just as you know that i've been obsessed for i mean really since this podcast started with cameras and lenses in that whole world because i'm trying to get better at it and mm-hmm. their fuji's got a new camera coming out canon's about to release theirs and somebody just went on a tangent on youtube recently where he was like it will not change anything you don't know how to shoot video so whatever you have just go learn how to use it This camera will not change anything. I promise you, your video will look just as crappy in 240 frames Uh, per second as it does in 24 frames per second. You don't know how to shoot video. Stop worrying about it. I I was like, oh, my uh, God. The Canon Talent series. (laughs) (laughs) They did. It's called an iPhone 11. Just, Just take your iPhone and shoot with it. It's got great image stabilization, good colors, good dynamic range. Moving on. Are we jumping into uh, Eloy Casagrande? Yeah,
0: let's let's jump right into. I mean, I feel like again deja vu. I feel like we featured Eloy before, but maybe not explicitly. He is he does have a big feature in the current issue, which is just out April twenty twenty. The one with Glenn Cochi on the cover. Um, so I thought we could re you know dig a little bit deeper. There was one quote that I wanted to read that I think for me was I'm glad he said it. So let me uh, pull it up here. He's talking about. Um, taking risks as a as a metal drummer. Okay. Um, So the question was, what's your approach to playing live versus how you play in the studio? And Eloy's answer is, by the way, Eloy plays in legendary metal band Sepultura at the moment. Um, And I don't know, he's got to be twenty years younger than everyone else in the band. Right. Um, Okay, so his answer to that question, a lot of metal drummers feel that they have to follow these quote unquote rules. They also think that fans also have these rules where what makes a good musician is someone who's able to reproduce or deliver exactly the same show every night. But to me that's just BS. I want to be different every day. I get tired of playing the same thing. I actually want to forget what I played yesterday and be a new musician today. I don't know many metal drummers who would say that, honestly. If I'm, I'm, any. A, I'm yeah. totally obviously ignorant to the to the genre, largely but that was just refreshing for me to hear someone that that just brings a little bit of just recklessness to this music that I feel has been just airtight for so long and say it like, say it. I think
1: you also have to get over, which he clearly is that point where you recorded something and you think as a drummer, you're doing this to yourself, but you think that your fans don't believe that you can reproduce it. So you go out Mm. there and flawlessly reproduce it every night to prove like, Hey, that wasn't, that wasn't studio magic. I really did play that even though there were triggers. I played that Eloy is past that. He has nothing to prove. Like everyone in the drum world knows he's one of the baddest cats to ever live. I've never talked to a drummer that's in the pro ranks that didn't know about him and go like, I think he might be one of the best drummers to ever live. Like it's so hard to watch him play and not, and not go, I don't know how many people could do that. it's it's it's, unreal it's
0: it's that combination of power precision uh, recklessness uh, creativity virtuosity and I think he's able to say have this mentality I'm going to go out every night and try new stuff because he knows his body's not going to fail him (laughs) you know he's got so much in the tank Uh, but I just love that he just said that like um, he's yeah. he's going to go for stuff. I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone would ever notice that he plays something differently, even though he might think he's playing it completely differently. Because the concept is the yeah. same. That's what I sure. That's what I wish more drummers in all genres would 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 appreciate. Is just you're going to sound like you, whether you play the part slightly differently, completely differently, exactly the right. same. And that's what yeah, your fans want to hear is just
1: you be you. I think I, I totally agree. No, I totally agree. I, there are very few in the air tonight fills where an entire auditorium wants to airdrum with you. Yeah. So as long as every, as long as the, they get to hear their favorite song, not to mention, I mean, that's kind of the whole point of seeing a band live is no, I have the recorded material. That's flawless. I expect it to be flawless. You guys got multiple takes. Yeah. I want to see you take some chances. There's nothing cooler than when you're ready for a singer to hit a chorus and and they take it even further than they did on the album and you go no way like my my hero is actually even more than i ever thought yeah yeah. and so all right well you want to uh you want to do the Eloy casa grande timeline yeah so this first bit of audio we're going to drop in is an
0: excerpt from he won the modern drummer undiscovered contest in 2005 he was 14 years old so we flew him in from brazil he had uh, Achilles Priester with him as a chaperone, and he came out and opened the show fearless as a little 14-year-old. It was kind of crazy and depressing at the same time. So we're going to just drop in a bit of his solo. So again, this was him. I don't think he'd ever been to the U.S. at that point, showing up at the the biggest drum event on the planet and just coming out just blazing. So here we go. Modern Drummer Festival 2005.
1: So I, you know, just like everybody else at that time, I bought this DVD Mm. and saw that. And I don't know what it was about when Tony Royster in 2003 played, Mm -hmm. There was something that was almost like tangible. Like I know that kind of drumming. I think if I practiced hard enough, I could do that. Keep in mind, he was twelve, and I'm still trying to catch up. When I saw this, I was like, okay, "All that samba stuff." I mean, oh my goodness! I, I didn't even know what was going on. And then, if by the end of the video, he's got full blown adult metal chops. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, his it, it's strong, powerful. And he, I mean, he's 14 years old. So yeah, God given gift. Probably worked his butt off as well, but. Um, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, his video that he submitted was clearly the winner in the under-18 category, but you know, you never know what's going to happen when someone gets in a room and has to play the drums.
1: And all their heroes are backstage watching them. And... Yeah.
0: He took it to the next level. I think his, his performance at the show was more intense than the video that he submitted.
1: So Unreal, man. Yeah, that was man. 2005. Unreal. You want to jump
0: to 2016, which was the clip yeah. you chose?
1: Yeah, so the reason why I chose this is I've told this story on the podcast before, but Eloy and I did a tour in Mexico together. It was my first time meeting him. Obviously, I'd known of him since he was 14. And first of all, I want to let you guys know, I don't know how many pro drummers that I've come in contact with that were so incredibly humble that play at Eloy's level. I mean, Mm. his humility is really unmatched, and he's kind... And the first thing he said was, like, hey, man, great to meet you. We were setting up our kits on stage. And he said, you want to jam? And I was, like, yeah, I would love to. And he's, like, do you know any Brazilian stuff? I'm, like, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm a drum teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so but he was, like, how about some Bossa Nova? And that just kind of shook me to my core because I was, like, I well, – what what why would we jam bossa nova (laughs) keep in mind i'm girl from ipanimo over here i don't know i'm thinking of something very (laughs) different than what he is so he sat down on his kit and literally played what we're about to play for you so this is ilo casagrande drum solo uh sao paulo brazil and uh that's the video title on youtube and we're starting at the five sixteen mark
0: I guess Bossa Nova means rip the crap out of the hi hat, rim click, and bass drum.
1: Dude, <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear how fast that right hand was? That's not two-handed, folks. I didn't know what to do. I just sat down and stared at him, and like kept nodding. And I was like, just... "Grab your brushes, tink, 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 tink. <laughs> I just started with my shaker, shaka, taka, clack, clack, do clack, 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 I really, I had no idea what to do. I was like, "Oh, you know what?" I'll deft tones the hell out of this in half time. <clears throat> <coughs> 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 Let him go. <coughs> 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 oh my goodness.
0: It's funny when, when when I hear stories like this, the first thing I think is, well, what would be the one thing that I feel that I would own over everybody else? There's right. nothing. There's absolutely nothing.
1: I can't play any oh. I have no like native tongue on the drum set. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> Something that would make me feel like that where you played and I go, I just could you just hit a crash? And I don't know where one is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was something. And to him, he was like, I'm sure in his mind he's taking it easy on me because I'm I'm not kidding. The guy really has no ego. He wasn't trying to show me up at all. He was so excited that I was excited to jam some bossa with him. Anyways, uh, yeah, that didn't go so well for me. (laughs) <laughs> Moving on All right, so, to the most modern clip. This yeah. just came out, what, today? Yeah, just released um, today,
0: March 6th, on Pisces channel. So they have a drum cam footage of him playing a Sepultura song called Raging Void. So you can check it out on Pisces Symbols YouTube channel. We're going to drop in the, f- the first bit of it. So this is him in his current element. Full, I mean, it's like full beast mode. Yeah. So let's check it out.
1: Cool parts inspirational, and uh, I'm gonna throw my drum set in the trash. <laughs> what I love about that is, I honestly don't know what subdivision he's playing in. I have no right, idea, right? Yeah, a triple that groove it's like those
0: fives. I have no idea, and I don't, I don't care, it's just right. Whatever he's doing totally. feels so human that I just love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, he is, he's, I don't know, he's, he's, he's been in god, I can't even talk. <laughs> he's, this, this, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's. <laughs> Dude has been in my top five favorite drummers since our, since, since we went out on that tour together. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, it, I'm, I remember just, well, first of all, I was headlining that clinic tour mm. and as soon as soundcheck happened, I went to the promoter. I was like, you have to switch the order. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, it's not even fair to the instrument to have me play after that guy. Like I'm not. Scared. It's not fair. It's not right to the drum gods. Let the man close the show out. I mean, that is, you know, I mean, it would be the same thing as. If Brian Blade was opening for you, where it's like, look, there's, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, there's so nothing you more think to say me.
0: after he plays. I mean, let's just be honest. There's nothing yeah, more Yeah, to totally.
1: Say. It's like, let's just sit back and watch. And and I want to watch, you know. And, and every night that he played, I was just sitting either, I was backstage for the, his entire thing, or I was sitting front row. So, uh, I can't say more great things about Eli Casagrande. If you haven't checked him out, please do check out. God, he's been in Sepultura for quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been his, his, I think he found his home with that band. It's kind of everything that he needs all wrapped in the one, one project. And think about the people that we know that weren't able to stay in the gigs they had because they couldn't stop improvising. He's found that sweet spot to -hmm. stay in this very established band for a long time while still doing what you said, changing it every single night. Yeah. And they welcome it. I mean, he's bringing that youthful kind of craziness to this legendary band. It's awesome. Absolutely amazing. All right, now let's take a quick break to have a message from our sponsor. But you're going to do a live read. I am. We're not even taking a quick break. Just go into it. Yeah, it's not a read. I'm actually improvising. But, uh, <laughs> what? uh Dream, Dream you not start reading this? No.
0: Dream Symbol's sponsoring the episode. Long-time sponsor. Thank you. And they want to make an announcement about a clinic tour in the UK for Scott Pellegrom. He is going to be there March 19th through the 28th. So on the 19th, he is in Manchester at Johnny Roadhouse Music. On the 23rd, he is in Bournemouth at Absolute Music. On the 24th, he's in Canterbury at Hobgoblin Music. 25th, he's in Colchester at Sound Attack. 26th, he's in Washington at Drum Shop UK. And then on the 28th, I believe he is headlining the Galway Drum Show. So if you're in the UK in any of those those towns cities, March 19 to 28, definitely go see Scott. He's another for me super inspiring player who just goes for it at every moment. He's always always evolving, always taking risks. Um, really inspiring player. So if you haven't seen Scott Peligrom, it's worth it, uh, especially if you need some inspiration to kind of get out of your own habits and. Restrictions and whatever, super creative. For player. sure. So March nineteenth, he makes the drums to, fun. March 19 to 28 he will be over there in the UK. Go support him. Let him know you heard about it here. Um,
1: yeah, thanks, Dream. Where are we at now? It is time to talk about the minor Artist Concept Series stacks. Yes, two, two um, of the stacks. Super so stacks. They, s- okay.
0: they sent me every stack that they make, all the signature stacks. Oh wow! And I was going to do them all at once, and I realized that'd be like a twenty page review. So I'm, I'm chopping it up into some. Some chunks. So the one for this month is the Thomas Lang Superstack and then the Benny Greb Crasher Hats, little eight inch Crasher Hats, as well as their sixteen inch Sand Hats. We're going to just focus on the Crasher Hats and the Super Stack. You can read about the Sand Hats in the April issue. Nice. Uh,
1: do you have any of these? Have you? I don't. Them? <clears throat> no. And I, I, um, I did play the eight inch uh, ones at. Mm-hmm. The camp that I did in Greece okay, uh, a little while ago, one of the drummers, so we were kind of rotating through rooms because there were a bunch of teachers there, and one of the drummer's kits, uh, his name is Mike Kapalitis, killer Greek drummer, he had this on his kit, and I actually came home and thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going to order a stack. This is crazy. <laughs> you yeah, uh, haven't I mean, had a stack in a while, huh? No, and actually the Luke Holland stack is my old stack. Like, okay. Okay. Myrtle was like, "Are you cool?" This is Luke's plan. I was like, "I, I couldn't care less." And and I, I put two symbols on top of each other. You can't, yeah, yeah. Whoever wants it can have it. Um, <laughs> but I but this is something different. So a stack, what you and I are used to is a stack, which was back when we would take our broken symbol and throw it on top of a non broken symbol yeah. and got yep. something very short and staccato totally different than this eight inch stack that this thing makes you play different things yeah and it's
0: it's actually four pieces so there's like a raw bottom so it is it's designed to be set up like mini hi-hats it comes with a clutch and a and a auxiliary hi-hat arm so you got a bottom symbol that's a raw piece and then you have a a b8 disc like just a cutout disc that goes on top of that. And then you have two more eight inch symbols that go on top of that. So you've got a layer of four chunks of different types of bronze. Um, And then the clutch, you don't actually affix the top symbol to the clutch. You just use the clutch without the bottom washer and nut to just hold the, hold everything in place. So you can still adjust the tension, but it's not like a hi hat where one, the top symbol is independent. They're all just kind of laying on top of each other. Um, Pretty neat. So, um, I recorded it going from like super tight to super loose, and to my ear, the tighter these things were, the cooler it was. It sounded like, an, totally like an egg shaker or a cabasa or something, whereas when they were loose, I kind of heard like the splashiness of it, which didn't have as much uniqueness to me. Right. But when they were super tight, I felt like the, the ghost notes in this sound were like seamlessly integrated, which was a lot of fun. Uh, you want to check that one out? Yeah, let's give it a listen.
1: you went full four bars with that little polyrhythm. I was like, when's he getting out of this? When's he getting out of this? You you took it the whole cycle. (laughs) Who knows? I know. (laughs) I just counted the damn thing. Okay, so it's funny hearing you play it. That's not even, I didn't play it like that. I never played Hmm. Time on it. I saw it as like Ribbon Crashers. Remember those old school Ribbon Crashers? I have one of those, like a homemade one. Yeah, that's, that's how I saw it, and it was because of where Mike had it on his kit that okay. it was a left-hand thing. He had it, uh, like, above the hi-hat. Oh, interesting. And so it was like, when I was playing things, my left hand would play that instead of a snare drum accent, and mm, um, and okay. it was, yeah, it was, it was very Ribbon Crasher for me, and I, and I really loved it. I thought it was... Uh, it, I was the reason I didn't order it. And I'll tell you this right now. The reason I didn't order it is because I was scared to get addicted to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Then you're
1: like, I haven't put on your rider. <laughs> it's in my rider. Totally. Right now. You know, what's in my rider. Ride symbol, ride symbol, hi-hats. <laughs> See you there. But then it's like, and you got to get the bendy grip. I was like, ah, I'm good.
0: I'm All right, too so scared to get addicted. That to it. It's same, amazing though. That same clip. You also heard me uh, hitting the Thomas Lang super stack which is mm. an 18 inch combo of a holy crash and a holy china so the crash is inverted upside down the china is in the normal upside down position so they kind of couple into each other nicely but there's a little bit of air between them so you still get some of that rattly bit you can adjust the tension as well i've st- I, with these as well i kind of felt tighter was was better but not super tight
1: somewhere the just way the you had it to me is quintessential stacker when i think stacker in my head that was it when you hit that i was like oh yeah that's it that's what i was always trying to achieve with my stackers yeah they just fit nicely they don't rattle
0: a bunch and they were easy to position they didn't kind of you know they just they're designed to fit into each other really well um and they weren't nearly as aggressive or abrasive as i expected because i think these are b8 or b12 if it's the classics it might be b10 b10 yeah so they're not b20 um So they are definitely brighter, but I I felt like I could still do some more like nice subtle things with them. Um so we can probably drop in a bit where I'm more focusing on the super stack.
1: Okay. Yeah. The two complement each other really well. Yeah. You know, and I think what gets confusing for people with stacks is it's not that you have to have a smaller symbol on top of a bigger symbol or vice versa. It's that the bells have to be shaped properly for these symbols to lay right. on top of each other and not just cause sometimes I, I've seen people that just keep tightening their, uh, their wing. It's called a, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play drums back in the day before uh, I got really into cameras. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was like staring at you in the sky. <laughs> help me out it's a call. it's not a tension rod is it uh tightening their wing nut, hoping it'll happen it's like i'm sorry that the bell that's on top is smaller than the bell that's on bottom it's never going to lay flat it's never yeah. going to fit
0: and then it gets These are designed worse, to f- it, fit perfectly it starts to like get that hollow sound when you tighten it too much where it's yeah. like you're, it's like a snare oh, drum with
1: the wires too tight nothing worse than that Ching, <laughs> ching. okay that's not what i was going for yeah the, these are great they're perfect um and i think that uh, it's cool that you actually demoed them playing time on them because i think the obvious thing was what i did which is using them for accents they just stick out really cool and add texture to your improvisational stuff um yeah, but. I dig them. And the fact
0: that I mean that's an eight inch versus an eighteen inch, and they they worked well together. I had them up on the kit much longer than I expected because I I don't use these types of sounds very often, but it was right. just a lot of fun. So if you're looking for something fun to add, check out the I would say the crasher hats are probably the most fun, and then the super stack is kind of the most like this is your stack sound
1: for any gigs yeah. we need a stack. I agree. Awesome. All right. And Mino launched their new website yesterday, so you can check all this stuff out Sweet. on com. Now it is time to get to some listener questions. All right,
0: let's go with John. For the first time ever, I've been asked to do to be a fill-in with a cover band whose drummer can't make a gig uh, in mid-March. Hopefully we haven't missed this. Luckily, they have a good handful of songs that my cover band already does. Um, it's only two sets, and I won't need to sing like I do with my band um his question is what advice can you offer as i do this for the first time so it's his first time filling in for a band Mm.
1: uh simpler is better keep it simple uh the band will not give you the stank eye because you missed a ghost note coming into a fill that's not on Mm. their mind don't speed up don't slow down know the tempos write the tempos down be able to i mean the the most important thing i think when you're filling in is just knowing one key fact do you start the song or do they start the song (laughs)
0: that's true
1: (laughs) that is so the thing because you can have the drum part memorized but what will throw you off is when they turn around and go go ahead and you're like oh no you go ahead they're like no count us off i'm like well i don't know the damn tempo (laughs)
0: yeah i always Uh, mark the the tempo always on the set list and I have a metronome. Totally. There. Even if I if yep. even if I'm not counting it off, I at least have that reference point.
1: Right. Um, yeah, and then and then I don't really chart things out. I mean, I, I think I chart things out in that cover band chart way, which is have a little no bit way. of the arrangement written down and, and have some key things that could screw me up. But other than that, it's kinda like what's the groove I start with, what's the tempo, and do I start this song? Yeah. And and, and that's about it. The only thing I would add is is
0: Determine very quickly who's the person on stage that's going to help you out. So and, yeah, and gl- keep your eyes glued to that person. If it's the bass player, if it's the if it's the leader, I usually just only look at one person when I'm filling in. It's like a, who's the one that's going to tell me when the breaks are coming? Who's the one that's going to tell me yeah. if it needs to be louder or quieter? Um, that's super key. And then um, kind of hand in hand with that is um, even if you're charting things out or if you have notes, try to get out of your head. To try to interact with the band and have fun, you don't want to sound yeah. insecure, you don't want it to sound like you're sitting in for the first time. So, just realize that you're gonna make probably a half a dozen mistakes. But as yeah. long as everyone is just having fun, no one's gonna, I don't think anyone's gonna give you the
1: sting. No, eye. Uh, I mean, fear is absolutely contagious and it just starts permeating through the stage. So, yep. even if it's going bad, still have fun. And if you have fun, and because what what's gonna happen is. When you're not having fun and you're kind of freaking out, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you start apologizing with your drumming and you start shaking your head no every time you make a mistake. Uh, yeah, yeah. And every crash symbol is, is an apology. And it's like, flat doom. Da, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> dude, so it's like, dude, stop apologizing. Just, yeah, you know how to play the drums. You're fine. Just keep good time. You know, and, and I've, I've been on stage plenty of times sitting in where clearly the song stopped and i was a train of moving you know mm-hmm. and it's like they'll play another four-bar phrase and you can yeah, get them out of totally. it totally it's I gonna mean, be fine yeah just I don't can... stop right after they stop and then grab your cymbals and then say sorry <laughs> just keep going yeah i've Go, got hundreds da, of, of do, examples da, 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 of that. Do, yeah i did a gig with um, the singer
0: from uh, elo not jeff Lynne, but the, the The singer who replaced Jeff Lynn in Iolo. And he has one of, he sent me like a live recording, like, we're going to do these songs. This is from a show. He didn't tell me that one of the songs was a medley. (laughs) Oh. So, but the version that we played at the gig was not the medley, we just played the song. So at the end, we got to the end of the first song. I went straight into the opening of the next song, and it was just like, hey, cool. I guess I'm doing a little one-bar ba yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just funny, and everyone was like, ah, you went into the other song. Like, yes, right, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. It's,
1: it, it's yeah. just the way it goes. If you can smile and laugh through it, it'll relax everyone in the band. They already know you're going to have mistakes. All right, next question. Okay. Um, oh, we have a
0: follow-up for the the mental breakdown that, we, that I was talking about a couple weeks yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my buddy Dave texted me. And he said, um, because I was talking about how the flight syndrome kind of kicks in when I get to the point where the gig's just not feeling right. I just want to pack my bags and leave. He said um, a good strategy would be to force yourself into a fight mentality. So rather than get sad about it, get angry. And then your brain will just kind of rebalance itself. I've yet to try it, but it makes sense if if you're kind of in that, totally. like, I just want to get out of here and your palms start sweating. Just take a more like, no, I'm going to beat the crap out of this next song and we're going to be back on point.
1: So I think I, I when you because I think you called me or we were talking yeah. on the phone uh, right after you got that advice. And we were both just like, how did we not think of that? It yeah. just makes so much sense. Yeah, I just, totally just Swing love the it. pendulum back, so I'm going to try it, see what happens.
0: Maybe I'll actually break a cymbal next time. Uh. Ooh. <laughs> Get it. Get it. All right, okay, uh, let's see. This is from Peter. I'm playing a lot of quieter, singer-songwriter type music these these days. I hate rides and also hate using brushes in the same way I use sticks. Um, I'm trying to work up a good feel for 4-4 four, 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 four music where a backbeat is required without playing a train beat, but I'm having trouble finding examples of great brush drummers in pop. So far, my go-to have been John Convertino with Calexico, J. um And so the question is, are there any other drummers or educators I should know about specifically relating to playing Brushes
1: in straight time? You know, I, I think that I, it's funny. I was just talking about this yesterday, but Florian Zorn could have been that guy. Because mm-hmm. he was doing all the stuff that was coming out of Germany, but he was doing it with brushes. You can still find his stuff. He has DVDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just moved into more of the directorial thing for drum videos. Uh, but So Florian was great. Um, yeah, I mean, Jay Belarus is a great place to start, man. That is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. Matt Chamberlain, I mean, you kind of just go for textural
0: players, Joey Warren, yeah. Kerr, um, Aaron Sterling. I think I think on the John Mayer record, um, born something. What's it called that Aaron Sterling's on?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of brushes brushes and and non-stick playing. And I think that that's where Jay Belarose comes in. uh, Aaron Sterling, Keltner. they come in. I don't think of them as brushes. I think of them as texture. Yeah. Instead of sticks, it's just like a texture. And I think that yeah, Keltner's um, definitely the the god of that. Like, yeah, check out to um, and I hate when I mention anything that I happen to be endorsed by, but uh, Vic Firth just released a whole line of things called the Remix. I got them. I got them into okay. review. They look pretty. Are neat. they cool? Yeah, I, I saw who who was playing them. Uh, the tabla cat from the UK uh, that's in the Benny Greb DVD. He white hair. <laughs> <laughs> Pete um. Wingnut. <laughs> tension rod. Oh
0: my god. Uh. Uh, so yeah, these are like bundles and and they're they're kind of they have two sets that are like wide fan looking things and then two sets that are kind of tighter. So they're actually designed to be Yeah, I think the wide fan ones might be like what like I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah they're like they're I think like they can be rooms really cool. versus multi like spread out multi rods, and then you can layer them like the the thick ones and the thin ones, and they're designed to work together. I've yet to try them. I'm pretty pretty stoked. Though. They look kind of cool because I again the brushes. If I pick up brushes, I immediately think I've got to sound like Papa Joe, and if right. I pick up rods, it's like oh I've got to play a bunch of diddles like Carter Beaufort or something. Yeah. I always want something that puts me somewhere else when I'm going for that
1: stuff. Totally, yeah. I think that that'd be great. All right, let's Did do really, one more. Didn't really answer the question, but you know, whatever. I think um, we nailed it. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I've got a lot of responses about the crappy gig stuff, so maybe we need to do a follow up on that. Um, okay. Um, what do you want from a crash cymbal that you want to play eighth notes in a rock groove on? I find that most cymbals in, uh, feel too heavy and you have to hit them too hard to get them to open up. It's Man, from we, Tobias. We answered this.
1: Yeah, Tobias, we answered this in the uh, ride cymbal talk where it was, a lot of drummers were using these 20 inch light rides to do that. And I was one of them. I mean, I always had a 20 or a 22 on my right to really lay into. I can tell you without a doubt, right now, almost every company is making a great 20 inch crash. All the way up to 22. I mean, finding a 22-inch crash when I was touring was impossible. No one made them. It had to be a jazz ride. Yeah, exactly. And now it's really common. So I think a a 20-inch crash on your right, the one that I use uh, that was developed for this purpose, is just called the 20-inch extra-thin hammered crash. And uh, that's by Meinl, but I know that everybody makes something that would work like that. And you know what? If you're going to bash on it, don't be afraid to spend a little less money. I mean, mm. I hate to say it, but our, our, our episode sponsor, Dream, they make amazing symbols for super affordable prices. Uh, I probably just lost my mind deal, but you could get something <laughs> amazing, like a 20-inch Dream Bliss Crash or Bliss something. If it has the name Bliss in it, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my professional recommendation anytime hey, I see bliss let's do it yeah
0: yeah yeah. cool um, we have a bunch more questions but if you want to send yours in we could use some audio questions send them to mdinfo at modern drummer.com it's always nice to hear your voice in the show
1: um, I have to admit I don't have a pick of the week do you have one? Yeah, my pick of the week is that I have a meeting in five minutes, so (laughs) that's why I couldn't think of the word wingnut, is because I'm checking my emails to make sure that this guy didn't cancel the meeting. Uh, I'm trying to find a graphic designer. So I've got a meeting Mm -hmm. with a graphic designer, and I think that it might work best if the graphic designer lives in the same area that I do, at least for this little bit so that i can work with them and they can see the business and they can see what i do on a daily basis so i'm gonna give that a shot so i've got a meeting with somebody so if you start seeing like lots of material coming out where it's like wow mike really upped his design game no he didn't mike just finally opened the the checkbook a little bit wait are you that mean
0: you're going to replace your stock
1: signature with your actual signature hell no (laughs) hell no Try to steal my Jane Austen font. <laughs> Dude, that happened. That was terrible. When when the YouTube copiers were going their hardest and stealing everything from me, when I saw somebody use my font, I was like, that's worse than if you would have had me come to your house and write your name for you. Don't steal my Jane Austen font come on man don't steal my Jane Austen font. <laughs> dude I got that thing in like 2006 it was the only cursive font that had ever been made at the time You're stealing my oh, font man. Now, I don't, last quick story I don't know if you even know why that came up but when I sent my signature to Vader for my signature sticks they Chad Brandolini called me and he said I, I just think it's bad marketing to have this as your signature and I was like why he's like it's so bad <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, have you thought about maybe just picking a font? And I, I was like, okay, Helvetica, I guess. There's my signature. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Ariel, <Italian. laughs> Um So anyways, yeah, so that's how that all came about was Chad Brandolini was like, it's fine. We'll do it, but... I you know at first he was like could you do it with a sharpie we can't really make anything mm-hmm. out can you make it bigger and then finally he was like can you just pick a font and okay. then so it was this, more of a marketing plan. Did you ever practice your signature?
0: Because I have never practiced it. No, and it's it changed so many times since when I yeah. was learning to write versus now, and I see some signatures like they're they're so artistic. It's like you must have like put oh, ten thousand totally. reps into your signature. Absolutely.
1: And you know what's funny is my signature is the same as saying a word over and over again because I have to do those uh, Brooklyn standard labels mm-hmm. I have to sign each one of them. so I had to do like three hundred the other day and about every fifty I have to take about an hour break because I actually can't make my signature anymore it just, I don't <laughs> It's like, like I'm like, it's not Ella Pahant, is it? Is it Ella Pahant? Ella Pahant, no. And I, I was like, oh my God, I can't sign my own name. And I take like a break. I go play drums, have a bite to eat, and then I can sign another 50. But I can't knock out 300 at the you end just of time. You need to start doing MJ, forget it. I, well, that's pretty much what it is. It's like Mike Jahara, Mike Jahara. I can do the Mike fine, but I can't spell Johnston. That's tough in cursive. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening me. to this episode. <clears throat> thanks to Dream, our sponsor. And thank you to all of you that have been kind enough to go and give us a five-star rating and review. Also, remember, we are now on iHeartRadio. Yep, we are. So you can listen listen to us there with all your other favorite podcasts. But until next time, Mr. Dawson, Yep. have a great day, man. Who's playing us out? Anybody? We've got Dr.
0: Stuart Anderson. He's got a song from his band 202, and this is the song You're Done. So we're going to end this episode with a song. Thanks, Dr. Stewart.
1: Boom.